Hey, buddy, what you doing? Is it Christmas yet? Almost, like two days. I can't wait for Christmas. You know what, my son? You have a good point. Why wait? Let's celebrate now. <laughs> Welcome to the Can't Wait for Christmas Podcast! <laughs> it's December 23rd, 2015. That means there is only two more sleeps until Christmas. Today on the show, we're going to talk about the legendary television special, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. Also going to throw in a public service announcement for you, and I'm going to count down my five favorite Christmas songs from Disneyland. And we might even throw a few bonus surprises in there somewhere along the way. But you know what? Christmas is coming soon. we got to start this show. Hey, welcome, everybody. It's almost Christmas. It's practically here. Uh, I'm Tim Babb, for those of you who don't know, uh, comedian, Christmas obsessed freak. Uh, glad to join you on the show. Sorry, it's actually a little bit later than I wanted to do. I wanted to post a show on the 20th, but I got an early Christmas present this year of a stomach bug, which, although it pretty much knocked out my entire weekend, it did give me the great gift of finding out how you can eat anything you want during the holidays and still lose weight. It's not that great, and I'll spare you the details of why that's true, but suffice to say, I'm glad it's almost over. I'm actually recording in what used to be the Christmas cave, but is now just an empty garage because these Christmas lights are no longer in here. They're out front doing what they're supposed to do. I can see them shining in through the window. And speaking of through the window, it is raining at the moment, so you might hear a little drip, drip, drip in the background. Hopefully that doesn't distract from the Christmas magic. Speaking of the Christmas magic, let's get to it with our first segment, Five Golden Things. This edition of Five Golden Things is actually a tie-in to another Christmas project I'm doing. This episode will be the last Can't Wait for Christmas podcast of 2015, but it won't be the last you hear of me. I'll be spinning music on Kringle Radio during their annual Santa tracking broadcast. It begins on December 23rd at 3 a.m. Disneyland time and lasts 50 hours as they track Santa's journey all around the world with updates every 15 minutes or so. In between, they've asked people to share some of their favorite Christmas music. I've actually fooled them into letting me spin my tracks of Christmas wax for a couple hours, December 23rd at 3 p.m. Disneyland time and Christmas Eve at 6 p.m. Disneyland time. Wait, how does this have anything to do with the Five Golden Things segment, and why do you keep saying Disneyland time instead of Pacific Standard time? I'm glad you asked, imaginary listener that sounds like Kermit the Frog. You see, for the first hour, I'll be playing some of the funny or silly songs that make me laugh or smile, including all the songs featured in our very first ever Five Golden Things from Episode 1. But on Christmas Eve, I'll be playing the merriest songs on Earth as I showcase my favorite songs from my favorite place, Disneyland. So, as a sneak preview, today's Five Golden Things is a countdown of my favorite Christmas songs from Disneyland. Oh, and I also blatantly stole the phrase Disneyland time from the Mousedelgia podcast. Okay, on with the countdown. Number five, there's special magic at Christmas time this year. Hearts are gay and merry and full of yuletide cheer. The Christmas Fantasy Parade. I confess I'm not much of a parade person. I usually think of parades as a great time to go on rides because the lines are shorter. Plus, nowadays you have to get a spot so early for the parade, you lose an hour and a half long chunk of your day for a 20 minute parade. 
but the music for the Christmas Fantasy Parade is the perfect blend of Christmas cheer and Disney magic. Whether you're watching the float of Goofy and his son making desserts go by, or just listening while you trim the tree, nothing says the holidays are here like the theme to Disney's Christmas Fantasy Parade. Number four. Confession, my first choice for the Christmas Brass was their version of Jingle Bells, but Jingle Bells features pretty prominently in another of the entries on this list, so I went with the Hark the Herald Angels Sing, God Rest You Merry Gentlemen, Joy to the World medley. But, in truth, any Christmas song played with those mighty Disney horns gets my vote. For me personally, it gets me nostalgic of hanging out at Disneyland on the Sunday after Thanksgiving, back at a time when the park really wasn't that crowded back then. The brass band was performing near the castle, and my mom and I stopped to enjoy some brass-tastic Christmas music. It's a good memory, and it's good enough to put brass number four on this list. Number three. You rock out old Santa, baby. You rock out old Santa, baby, that's me. Oh. This is a bittersweet entry because it isn't at Disneyland anymore. The Country Bears were pulled out of Disneyland back in 2001 to make room for the Winnie the Pooh ride. Sadly, they were pulled in September, so their last Christmas special was in 2000. Fortunately, the music was released on Disneyland's 50th anniversary 6-CD box set. Apparently only 5,000 of these were sold, and you can bet I have one. And every Christmas I take an audio trip back in time with Henry, Max, Buff, Melvin, Teddy Barra, Wendell, Big Al, and my favorite, Liver Lips. The result is an awesome combination of classic Christmas carols and original songs like Rock and Roll Santa by the aforementioned Liver Lips, who sounds suspiciously like Elvis. Number two. Believe in holiday magic. This is not just some of my favorite Disneyland Christmas music. This is some of my favorite Disneyland music, period. The main theme for this fireworks show was actually made for the 25th anniversary celebration at Walt Disney World. They just weird out the lyrics. Yes, I used weird out as a verb. And now the song is about Christmas. But it sounds so perfect, I can't imagine that it wasn't always a Christmas song. What can I say? I do believe in holiday magic. Honorable mentions. I don't think we're ever going to fix that jingle. I guess we're going to have to learn to live with it. Although I'm not a huge fan of the movie The Nightmare Before Christmas, so please, save your pitchforks. I am a big fan of the Haunted Mansion Holiday Makeover. If you're not familiar, the regular Haunted Mansion attraction gets taken over by the characters from The Nightmare Before Christmas. It's the same ride structure, but everything is decorated and rethemed. This, of course, includes the music, which I enjoy as well. It's like someone got a little Halloween in my Christmas. But speaking of Disneyland ride makeovers, that leads us to... Number one... It's a Small World Holiday. If you know me, you know this is no surprise. Like the Haunted Mansion, It's a Small World gets a total makeover for the holiday season. Now your voyage on the happiest cruise that ever sailed takes you past all the children of the world celebrating Christmas, including in countries where Christmas is probably not very prominently celebrated. But let's not quibble about an awesome thing! Instead of just the song It's a Small World over and over again, they mash up A Small World with Jingle Bells and Deck the Halls. My favorite part is in the Polynesian section, where they have mermaids singing Jingle Shells instead of 
to Jingle Bells because mermaids don't. Hey, you already talked about this in the episode about the origins of the song Jingle Bells. You're right, imaginary listener that sounds like Kermit the Frog. Only six episodes in, and I'm already repeating myself. That can't be good. Better move along to the next segment, but don't forget to listen to Kringle Radio to hear my Christmas playlist at 3 p.m. on December 23rd and 6 p.m. on Christmas Eve. Again, all times are in Disneyland time. A link to Kringle Radio will be in the show notes for this episode. But to try and avoid repeating myself again, we're going to do a brand new segment right now. If you've ever watched NBC and not fast-forwarded through the commercials, you've probably seen their The More You Know public service announcements. Well, we're about to blatantly rip that off by starting our own series of PSAs. But since this show is all about Christmas, I'm calling this segment The More You Noel. Christmas is arguably the most famous birthday celebration on the planet. But did you know in the month of December, other people have birthdays too? This year, when you're celebrating Christmas, don't forget to take special care of those friends and family who have birthdays on or near Christmas. Remember, they need their own special, separate presents, maybe even a special party, and definitely don't wrap those presents in Christmas wrapping paper. Sparing a little extra time for a birthday near the holidays is sure to give someone a merry, I mean a happy birthday. And that's The More You Noel. To talk a little bit more about the phenomenon of having a birthday near Christmas, I actually happen to know someone who has a birthday very near Christmas, and that person happens to be my wife. My wife! Hello. Hello, Janelle. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So, having a birthday near Christmas, was there anything about that growing up that was off-putting? No, I I wouldn't say off-putting, especially as a kid. Because your parents made a diligent effort to separate your birthday from Christmas. I think it's actually going into your 20s that it starts to suck. Oh, really? What? Well, because in your 20s, nobody has money, things like that, which is fine. It's just that people say to you, oh, here's your birthday slash Christmas present. And you're like, gee, thanks. I'm going to do that to you in May. See how you feel. <laughs> Did you ever do that? No. Oh, that's a good, for all the Christmas birthdays out there, you should do that to your friends who have birthdays in the middle of the year. Save up your Christmas wrapping paper. Wrap the presents in Christmas wrapping paper and say, that's it for you from now till Christmas. <laughs> no? No, I, that's just, that's the rough part. Like, this is your birthday slash Christmas. And I was like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to you. So I'm just going to skip your birthday this year. Has there ever been, did you ever get a combination present that was so awesome that it was worth it? Like, there, clearly it wouldn't have been a birthday or a Christmas present, but they combined it together. And you're like, well, yeah. Yes. Ooh, what was it? I think that's when my parents paid for me to go to Spain. The country? Yes. <laughs> uh, I ended up leaving January or December 31st, so it was a Christmas slash birthday present. That is a pretty good combo present. Yes. Uh, are you saying candles doesn't count as a good combination present? <laughs> candles have been exclusively a Christmas present <laughs> from my beloved husband. <laughs> And I love them. (laughs) I had to stop doing it because it was so lame. Um, The problem I have nowadays around Christmas is the fact that I start to want to shop for myself because it lands near my birthday. And I'm like, well, I want to get some boots and I want to go shopping. And I typically don't enjoy shopping. And the only time I want to shop for myself is right around Christmas, which is not that awesome for the people around me. (laughs) What you should do, buy yourself something, wrap it, put it on the tree, put my name on it. That way I'll get you just what you want. 
I can totally do that for you if you would like. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'd be like, Tim, you got me the best boots ever. <laughs> I remember someone was talking about when, like, right, right when we first got married, like, what'd you get each other for Christmas? I'm like, we share an account. So it's like, uh, whatever. I got milk and groceries. <laughs> I love you, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had an oh. I was thinking at this possible. I was looking on the internet of other people who have close birthdays to Christmas, and one of the they said uh, sometimes when you have gift cards, like for your birthday and gift cards for Christmas, you can pile, pile them together. Have you had that uh, phenomenon where you can combine super amounts of gift card goodness? Um, typically, I'm horrible at gift cards, which I know you know, <laughs> um, but. This year, as a teacher, I have made a killing with the Starbucks <laughs> gift cards, and I'm able to put them on my phone so that they can compile, and I can go to Starbucks for the rest of my natural-born <laughs> life. It's awesome. <laughs> um, oh, parties. Did you ever feel like birthday parties slighted or Christmas-themed because it's so close to Christmas? Like, I know your our cousin, Emily, has a Christmas Eve party slash birthday party every year that's true but um her grandmother auntie Betts is really good about getting her a birthday cake and not a christmas that's cake. true and we always sing happy birthday that's right and and her birthday presents are wrapped in birthday wrapping and not christmas wrapping and my good friend stephanie her sister's birthday is the day after christmas and she's very diligent about that as well to delineate these are christmas presents with christmas wrapping and this is your birthday present with birthday wrapping Nice. Yeah. Um, so I think that that has always been the case. And my birthday party in the fifth grade was like the best birthday party ever. Oh, why? Why was it the best? It was the first dance birthday party that we had mm -hmm. um, in our entire class. And not one mention of Christmas or anything like that. And it was, we had a great time. Nice. Do you think having a birthday near Christmas has given you any sort of, not animosity towards the hot, but, you know, like... Is there a sort of rivalry with the holiday at all? Well, I think the only problem is that I get a little more self-focused, and then I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't switch focus until I'm super late for Christmas. <laughs> Hence, today's the twenty-first. I'm like, right, other people, presents, <laughs> gotta get on that. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I don't, I don't know if there's any other better time to have a birthday because this is always when it's been. Good point. But my good friend in high school, her birthday is June thirteenth. And she never got to bring cupcakes to school or anything because school was always out. So she would celebrate on her half birthday. So we would always talk, make a plan of what we would do because it would fall on the same day. So when would that be? December 13th. So oh. she would have her half got birthday. It, got it. Okay. And I would have my birthday. Got it. I'm with you now. And welcome back. It's good to be back. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard about that too. People with Christmas birthdays celebrating half birthdays just because... Oh, I've never thought of doing it the other way around. Nice. Well, now I know when it's going to be, June 13th. And I have it on the podcast, so I won't, I won't forget. Huzzah! <laughs> well, thank you, Miss Bab, was it? It is. <laughs> or is it? Only for the last eight years. <laughs> Prior to that, I was known as Miss Cunningham. By precious few, Miss Ham. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Jackson, if you're nasty. <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. we all gained a little bit of understanding for those who have a birthday on or near Christmas. And now we're going to move on to our next segment. It's a bonus edition of Five Golden Things. Five Golden Things. 
bonus, 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 bonus. That's right. It's unprecedented. Two five golden things in the same episode, but I had to. This year at Christmas, somehow it snuck up on me. I can't believe this. I started a Christmas podcast this year. I've been talking about Christmas nonstop since July. You'd think Christmas wouldn't sneak up on me, but it totally did. So this is the top five things I wished I had gotten an earlier jump on this year at Christmas. Number five. Buying presents. This is a classic one. It happens to everybody, but it's December 23rd. I still have several presents left to buy. How how did I miss that? I have Amazon Prime, but now it's too late. Not even that will ship in time. I've got to run around like those idiots you see. Like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I'm at a store the last day. I'm going to buy uh, a gym sock and some Q-tips. Like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I got presents to buy for my wife, my mom, my kids. I, I, I don't know how I got so bad at this. Next year, I'm going to make sure I get a better jump on it. Number four. Watching holiday movies. This year, I have not had a chance, partially because I was sick, partially because I've just been busy and doing other stuff, but I have not had a chance. There's several movies I have to watch every holiday season, and I think I've only watched one, and there's, I don't know, there's quite a few. I'll definitely do a top five of it at another time, but... I have I have not made the time to watch movies. I don't know what's wrong with me. Next year, that's another thing I got to get on top of. Number three, sending Christmas cards. I every year this one escapes me, but I always I feel like I other people send out their Christmas cards, and there's plenty of time to hang them up and look at them. You know, between when you get them and when Christmas comes, I feel like my Christmas cards get sent out, and the people who get them have like a day or two tops before it's Christmas. Like, there's a Christmas card. Okay, chuck it in the trash. Like we've had it two whole days. We. I promise you, next year, this is all the. These are almost like New Year's resolutions. Next year at Christmas, I will send out Christmas cards earlier than this year. Number two, decorating. Somehow I was so busy this year that I the decorations came up all piecemeal. Like I did a chunk on the front of the house. We did some on the inside of the house. There's still decorations in the box that I haven't put up, and it's two days before Christmas. This is almost what happened the year that, that started me on my Christmas uh, bender, the year that I didn't even put up the outside lights until the night before Christmas and had to rip them down the next day. Fortunately, it wasn't that bad this year. I mean, we do have a nice holiday display out in the front. Holiday display. It's Christmas. We know what holiday it is. We do have the tree that we bought last year. Well, I bought the tree on December 26th last year. You'd think I would be prepared, but the tree didn't even go up till a couple weeks ago. Next year, I got to work on that. I got to get all this stuff up earlier, and I got to have a plan. That's the big thing. I got to have a plan next year. Number one. This podcast, like I said, I was sick last weekend, but that's no excuse. I had a whole month in between the last podcast and this one. You would think I would have had it written and ready to go. So I apologize to you, the listener, that this podcast is A, late, B, rushed, and C, probably not the polished piece of gold or, okay, pyrite that it would have been had I had more time to work on it. So... That's another thing for next year. I'm going to make sure this pod, the Christmas podcast, has got to be the crown jewel of a Christmas-themed podcast. Like, the Christmas episode should be the best. Uh, so next year, I promise it will be. And that's a bonus five golden things. Now, 
for today's feature, I wanted to look at an iconic television special. And when I was Christmas shopping, I saw the 50th anniversary DVD of How the Grinch Stole Christmas. And I was like, perfect! We did the Charlie Brown Christmas special as a feature earlier this year, and that was celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. So we'll hit both of these shows on their 50th anniversary. Well... Should have looked at that DVD box a little bit closer. It wasn't until I brought it home that I noticed the 50th anniversary of The Grinch was in 2007. So I guess we're celebrating the 58th anniversary of this special, which is totally a thing people do, right? Well, you know what? No matter how many years it's been, this is still a great special. So I decided to watch the special features of this DVD as a starting point for this segment. And that's when I came up with the true goal of this look at The Grinch, to make sure you never have to watch the DVD featurette entitled Dr. Seuss and the Grinch from Whoville to Hollywood. It is awful. They do these weird rap segments as a transition from one part of the story to the other, and they are regrinchulous. Long before the Grinch was a TV sensation, the story was more of a bookish persuasion. With the Christmas tree up and the stockings all hung, this tale would be told by the old to the young. So break out your kazoozles and give it a cheer, for 2007 is the book's 50th year. To have the Grinch stole Christmas... Okay, that's enough. Stop, stop, stop it. Kill it with fire. Forever. I feel like the executives were like, hey, Dr. Seuss rhymes, rappers rhyme, the kids today love rap, this is the best idea we've ever had! So I'm going to do my best to cover a lot of these features. Now, some of the features I will have to get to when we discuss the book of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, but today we're just focusing on the television special. So we also won't be talking about the Jim Carrey movie. But the biggest thing I learned from this featurette is that the TV special would never have happened if it were not for Chuck Jones. Now, Chuck Jones is a legend of animation. You probably know him best for his work with Warner Brothers. He was behind some of the biggest... Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Mary the Only Day cartoons of the 1940s and 50s. But when he moonlighted on producing a feature for a rival cartoon company, he was fired from Warner Brothers and his staff was laid off. He started his own cartoon studio and hired his old staff back, and they began to produce Tom and Jerry cartoons for MGM. But as Tom and Jerry began to wind down, he turned to a collaborator he'd worked with during World War II. You see, Jones had been the director of a series of shorts during the war called Private Snafu. Most of these shorts were written by Theodore Dr. Seuss Geisel. Now, for us, sitting here 58 years later, turning How the Grinch Stole Christmas into a TV special seems like a no-brainer. But Dr. Seuss actually needed some convincing. Fortunately, Chuck Jones was the man for the job. He was able to convince him that it was a good idea, and they set out making the special. Here's a part where one special feature on the DVD disagrees with the other. One special feature says that sparks flew, that was me doing quotation fingers, between Jones and Seuss over the design of the Grinch, because Seuss said the final design, particularly the smile, looked too much like Jones. But in another part of the DVD, someone says that Seuss liked Jones's Grinch much better than his own that he drew in the book. So I leave it to you to decide. Maybe there was a disagreement, but then Seuss came to appreciate it more. I'm just here to report the controversy. But one thing the two definitely didn't agree on at first was the casting of the voice of the Grinch, Boris Karloff. Seuss thought that Boris Karloff would make the Grinch too scary, but Jones didn't want to hear anyone else read the part of the Grinch. He felt that Karloff had a certain poetic quality to the way he read his lines that lended itself perfectly to the writing of Dr. Seuss. And the more the Grinch thought of this whole Christmas thing, the more the Grinch thought, I must stop this whole thing. Why, for 53 years I put up with it now. I must stop Christmas from coming. But how? In the end, Jones won out, and Boris Karloff voiced the Grinch and also the narrator. In fact, if you watch the credits, Boris is the only voice listed. 
Not that Boris didn't do great work and deserve some great credit. He totally did. But there were two other solo voices heard in the special. The role of two-year-old Cindy Lou Who was performed by June Foray. Now, Foray never played Frankenstein like Karloff, but she voiced a ton of memorable characters in some of your favorite cartoons. Rocky and Bullwinkle, Cinderella, Nightmare Before Christmas, DuckTales. And now you can even hear her in the Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin attraction at Disneyland. The other uncredited voice can also be heard at Disneyland. While most people know Thurl Ravenscroft as the voice of Tony the Tiger, I always think of him as the singing bust from Disneyland's Haunted Mansion. In the DVD, Thurl talks about what happened when Dr. Seuss learned that Thurl hadn't been credited in the finished special. It finally got to Ted that uh, he had neglected, or they had neglected, to give me screen credit. And he was chagrined. So he called me and apologized all over the place. And then he wrote a letter to many, to show you what kind of a wonderful man he, he was, he wrote a letter to many columnists and said, you know, please print this. And it was the story of, this is the guy who sang the song about the mean old Grinch, which was darn nice. You're a rotter, Mr. Grinch. You're the king of sinful sots. And while You're a Mean One, Mr. Grinch, gets all the airplay during Christmas, there are a total of three songs composed for this half-hour special. I gathered from the DVD that composer Albert Haig might not pick You're a Mean One as his favorite. He does go on at length about how fun Seuss's language was to play with in that song. I've had the privilege of working with some of the uh, really finest lyric writers in the English-speaking world, and uh, you develop a sense when something really jumps at you. And when you, when you hear you're a mean one, Mr. Grinch, and then comes the analogy, how mean, you know, and you've got termites in your smile. Mr. I mean, that's just totally irresistible. You have termites in your smile. And Seuss is just full of those lyrics. And those images are just incredible. But in the end, he seems most proud to be the first person to write a Christmas music that's set to a polka beat. Trim up the tree with Christmas stuff like bingo bees and I think it's the first first time that somebody ordered a Christmas polka. And that's how this package came together. That's how we got the music of Albert Haig performed by the wonderful Thurl Ravenscroft before hearing the voice of the Grinch, Boris Karloff, who was picked by Chuck Jones, who worked with Dr. Seuss all the way back in World War II. And that wraps up our celebration of the 50th anniversary of How the Grinch Stole Christmas, just eight short years late. And in case you're wondering if it still holds up, I showed it to my four-year-old the day after they read the story in his preschool class, and he loved it. So, I've done my duty, passed it on to the next generation. So, you're welcome, future. It's time to enter into a little friendly Christmas competition with Who Sang It Best. Last month, it was dueling white Christmases with Frank Sinatra and the Drifters. The Drifters won this hands down with a commanding 71% of the vote. Now, if you disagree with that ruling, it might be because you didn't vote. This was the lowest voter turnout since we started Who Sang It Best. But perhaps that's because you guys are growing a little tired of this segment? Well, we are shaking things up next month with something different, so definitely check out our January show for that. But for the last Who Sang It Best of 2015, we're correcting a major oversight. So far, all of the artists have been male. 
We have enough reinforcements of a male-dominated culture without me shutting out ladies from this admittedly meaningless sing-off competition. Well, I hope to begin the process of correcting that tonight as our two singers battle it out over the song The Christmas Waltz. Let's meet our contestants! Contestant number one, start off as a gospel singer before she embraced the life of musical theater. She's got an Emmy and a Tony, so she's halfway to an EGOT. But she's most well-known for originating the role of Glenda in the musical Wicked. Here's Kristen Chenoweth! Contestant number two is a three-time Grammy winner and a 20-time nominee. She guest starred on many TV series and even got her own series for which she won an Emmy. So she's halfway to an EGOT as well. They call her the girl with the honey-coated voice. It's Nancy Wilson! It's that time of year When the world falls in love Every song you hear Seems to say the full versions and vote for your favorite at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com You can vote once a day every day until the polls close on January 20th, 2016 Then check back in here on our January 25th show to find out who sang it best And that's going to wrap it up for our Christmas show. I know you got to get back to your own parties, your own caroling, and other festive Christmas fun. I hope you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Remember to listen for me on December 23rd and 24th on Kringle Radio. I'll put the link in the show notes, and I'll tweet about it from the show's official Twitter account, at ChristmasPod. Now, January is a rough month for Christmas fans. It's the farthest month away from Christmas. So if you have any Christmas thoughts you'd like to share, any Christmas expressions you'd like to get off your chest, feel free to comment on the website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com, or send me an email at christmas at tancast.com. That's tan like the color, cast like you broke your arm. Thank you so much for listening. Remember to get in bed before Santa gets here, but keep laughing all the way. Christmas, 1983. Actually, Dad, it's 2015. Oh. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. If you have any comments on this or any episode, feel free to leave them at our website, can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. While you're there, you could also find our iTunes link where you can subscribe and write us a review. A five-star one, if you're so inclined. <laughs> You'll also find a link to our official Zazzle store, where you can find all sorts of customizable Christmas merchandise. You'll also find a link to our Facebook fan page and our Twitter feed. And if you want to email us directly, we can always be reached at christmas at tancast.com. The Can't Wait for Christmas podcast is part of the Tancast Podcast Network. We wish you a Merry Christmas was performed by the United States Marine Corps Band. And this wonderful version of Jingle Bells on the Accordion was performed Formed by the amazing Kristen Norwicky. All other music and sound effects are properties of their individual copyright holders, and no infringement is intended. All right, I think that's the end of this show. I can't think of anything else, Dad. How about you, boys? God blesses everyone. <laughs>
Whether you're watching the float of Goofy and his son baking desserts or just listening while you trim the tree. Whether you're watching the float of Goofy and his son making desserts or just listening while you trim the tree, nothing says the holidays are here like them. Whew! Whoo! Typos. <laughs> Whether you're watching the float of Goofy and his son making desserts, go but <laughs> Confession. My first choice Confession. My first choice for the Christmas Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh my. Oh, oh, oh dear. Oh, oh my. <laughs> this year when you're celebrating Christmas, don't forget to take special time care. <clears throat> this year when you're celebrating Christmas, don't forget to speak. <clears throat> you have friends and they're like, oh, this is your birthday slash Christmas present. Really? All right. <laughs> this is a family podcast. <laughs> Back it up. <laughs> well. And a pretty, like, like I, there's no way I'm saving my gift cards from December until March. Like, those, well, that, that's not true. I am. But other people wouldn't. And so they've blown through them. So does that ever, do you, I mean... Sorry, I'll stop answering my own question. Because I, I know you, and I know the answer to this question. <laughs> so I'm this is so fun. I don't even have to be here for this. <clears throat> Master interviewer. I'm like the Trevor Noah of this podcast. Burn. Oh, he's super cute. All right. I'm exactly like Trevor Noah then. <laughs> super cute. Not, not that great at interviewing yet. <laughs> Well, this has been illuminating. <laughs> nice. I don't know how to wrap things up. <laughs> That's all, folks. Well, no, I was going to say if you had any final thoughts that you didn't get to share and you would like to, since uh, I'm not a good interviewer, ask yourself your own question and answer it. <laughs> See, Jones had been the director of a series of shorts during the war called Pirate Snafu. Pirate. See, Jones had been the director of a sneer. <sighs> Jones had been the director of a series of shorts during the war called Private Snafu. See, Jones had been the director of a series of shorts during the war called Hui. <laughs> they were called Hui, and everybody watched them. Jones, you see, Jones had been the director of a series of shorts during the war called Private Snafu. Most of these shorts were written by Theodore Dr. Seuss Geisel. Oh, Geisel. Oh, Geisel's going to trip me up every single time, I guarantee it. Oh, i got to do that whole sentence again. I keep messing it up. <laughs>